0: Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
1: Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
3: And welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to find out all about The Exxon Radio Show, www.xzoneradiotv.com is our website. And to find out all about the programming, we have available 724-365 on The Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Heather Rowan Robbins is an international astrologer, intuitive, and ceremonialist with 30-plus years' experience in New Mexico, um, New York City, and I believe Minnesota. She writes Mm -hmm. uh, Star Codes Astrology by Day, Not Sign, for We Moon Calendar and the Santa Fe New Mexicans Pasatempio, or Tiempo, Mm -hmm. It's a good Irish name. And uh, Campo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and www.roannrobbins.com. She is the recent author of Moon Wisdom and Everyday Palmistry, both from Seco Book and available on Amazon.com. And a children's book, Tallulah's yes. Bears Bedtime Book, a sleep-inducing, wandering with with uh, wonderful illustrations. My goodness, you're a busy lady. Welcome to the Exxon.
1: Well, thank you for, being, for inviting me here.
3: This is so super. So tell me, what was it in uh, the, your, your life that pointed your, your, your direction towards astrology?
1: You know, it's a funny family joke. My father was <laughs> an abstract mathematician, uh-huh. and my mother was a psychiatric nurse. Oh, boy. You put them in the blender, and you get an astrologer. I've been fascinated. I've been studying mythology since Mm -hmm. I was 10 years old, 11 years old. I did my first astrological calendar when I was 11, and I am in my 60s now, and I have been doing this a long time, and I'm fascinated by how astrology manifests in history, around us, in our everyday news and life, our metaphysics, our emotions, and the practical stuff of our life. It kind of points to the symbolism that connects them all.
3: I have always been fascinated by astrology. Um, Hmm. I I don't know how you people do what you do. I really don't. (laughs) But I know that there has Mm -hmm. to be a large element of science because you use planets, you use Mm -hmm. mathematics, you use a lot of very pinpointed data That cannot be disputed, and you get all this this information about people. You're you're great.
1: Yes. Thank you, and uh, I greatly appreciate your your approach. Now, I am so grateful for computers because it used to take me, when I first started out, Mm -hmm. it took me three hours of, of math to do a chart. Wow. Now I can punch it in, and it displays for me, and I can rotate it through time and space and see larger patterns. It's much easier now that we have computers, we can take it, we can see the patterns more deeply, but it's always good for an astrologer to know how to do it longhand, so they understand the pattern.
3: Or just in case the day comes when somebody fires an EMF disruptor (laughs) and we can't use computers anymore, right?
1: Exactly. What? And we say that it's Mm -hmm. not that the planets are making us do anything, and we're not saying, like, you know, I know that. Mercury, now retrograde, is making me make mistakes. No. But that, um, I often say if you look at a fence and you see horns on top of a fence, you might not want to put your foot underneath it. Now, the horns won't hurt your foot, but whatever's moving those horns mm. might also step on your toes.
3: is isn't that, isn't the that planets the
1: refer to those big patterns in the, in the cosmos that we can read and see and work with, we have a lot of choice about how. And that way we feel empowered by those patterns rather than caught by them.
3: Yeah, it it, it, it amazes me, and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing the next little while with you and, and sharing the world of astrology with our worldwide audience here in the ExoNation. So, Heather, I'm going to ask you to stand by. We have to take a break. Mm-hmm. ExoNation, astrology. To me, a science. And I'm telling you, when you look at the sky at night, And then you have an astrological chart done by a professional astrologer like Heather. Man, you have to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. My big question is, how? 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 That's three questions. I know, but they're all the same. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with our very special guest, Heather Rowan Robbins, uh, right here on the XO. And her website is www.rowan.com. Robbins.com, that's R-O-A-N-R-O-B-B-I-N-S.com. This is The X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 3 a.m. Eastern, right here on The X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and, of course, our good friends on iHeartRadio. Don't go away. Heather, what is the history of astrology? Who used it first, and how was it discovered?
1: You know, I'm not quite sure how it was discovered, but I know that when the world was a lot darker and we Mm -hmm. had no electric lights to camouflage us, we could see that the planets, which are what they called the wanderers, is the translation for the word planets, the wanderers, there were some stars that moved through the sky and others that held still and they began to notice their correlation with the archetypes in mythology already and they began to create notice the patterns that when these planets moved in certain ways that they correlated with events here on earth and the Chaldeans are probably started the record and way back in early history of Persia and before that but every culture has an, its own form of astrology. In, in America, we see signs of, the, they watch the cycles of Venus and Mercury very carefully throughout the Native American cultures in Central and North America and had long stories about them. China, India, each place comes up with stories of their own, watching the cycles of the sun and the moon, and how we are affected here on Earth, I think the stars, the night sky was something we lived so much more closely with before electricity.
3: But how do you, as an astrologer,
1: mm-hmm. going
3: through the twelve signs of the zodiac, get so specific with different people that you do the charts for? if this boggles me
1: right, well, we don't get just the sun. You know, the sun is amazingly important. All the rest Mm -hmm. of the planets are reflecting the sun's light. Without the sun's light, we wouldn't be here. Right. So, but we also, the moon, as far as we here on Earth are concerned, the moon is as important as the sun sign. They both take up a half a degree of arc in the sky. They look the same size, or we wouldn't have eclipses. It's a rather miraculous thing that we are a planet where the distance between here and the sun and here, and the moon and the size of the moon make the moon and the sun, the symbols of consciousness and unconsciousness, look equivalent here on Earth. And so we look at where the the moon is, what sign, if you could stand when you were born, but mm-hmm. you couldn't because you were a baby, but if you right. could have stood, and pointed to the eastern horizon, what sign was rising then, uh, what is... Uh, describes how you see the world, how the world sees you, your filter system or your doorway, and then each of the planets and anything you remember from Greek mythology about mercury, the trouble the god or God uh, got themselves into, and the gift they gave talks about the continuum of that planet, so Mercury was a messenger of the gods, the ftd florist guy with wings on his yeah. feet and you know hands and, and he talks about he, this planet can never be more than one sign away from the sun. It's always in the same sun as your sun, a little bit one sign before or one sign afterwards. But the Mercury talks about how we communicate, how we move through the world, how we learn, how we connect. And so for every sun sign, there are those with Mercury in the same sign, one before, one afterwards, and they all have a little shading of a difference. What planets aspect Mercury, or form uh, geometric shapes to that Mercury, uh, changes the nature of our thinking process, how we communicate, how we hear, how Mm -hmm. we learn. And because Mercury goes around the sun three times a year to an Earth year, three times a year for three weeks, Mercury looks like it's backing up against the zodiac because it's moving in front of the sun, and it looks like it's backing up in the sky, And Mercury is the planet of motion. You know, Mercury sits on top of Grand Central Station in New York City, a very mercurial city. And when Mercury is retrograde, which it is right now and has been from March, from, I'm sorry, April 9th to May 4th, when Mercury is retrograde, uh, we find communication can be a little bit more difficult, transportation gets a little strange. But it's a wonderful time to do anything that begins RE, to remember, to reflect, to review, to re-edit, to reorganize. But it may be hard to get things moving forward. A lot of last-minute changes in plans.
3: Right. So it would seem that the Greeks had more than just a fair bit of influence into the science Mm -hmm. of astrology.
1: Quite a bit. But they also were taking the information... From the cultures before them, the Egyptians had been studying astrology and working with it for a long time. Mm -hmm. The Romans took it from there. But Greece formed an unusually intact whole view of psychology by describing their gods and goddesses. They described different components of our psyche and our culture. And they did such a good job describing it that we've been using their nomenclature and their symbols ever since.
3: Now, you wrote a book about the moon in a person's chart and astrological Mm -hmm. calendar. Why did you start there?
1: Well, there's so much has been written about the sun. And the moon talks about an emotional prime directive that we come into this life with. Mm -hmm. And that we often, it seems like the universe uses to trick us into some of our hardest work. But the moon sign is, brings us into how we feel when you know somebody's moon sign, mm-hmm. you know how to make them feel at home, how to, what what kicks them off, you know what makes them feel more comfortable. you know what their emotional prime directive is and how better to work with them so the moon sign the moon changes sign every two and a half days, and when the moon is going through a sign. We feel it every day. One of the best ways to study astrology is to get a basic lunar calendar. And you can get the hardback version, you can look on my website, or you can uh, look on any astrological uh, website and ask for the astrology of the day. And when the moon talks, it kind of changes the nature of the atmosphere. So when I um, was living in New York for a few Mm -hmm. years, I noticed that people dressed according to the moon sign without knowing it. They just all felt like putting on their hobnail boots and dressing in black when the moon was in Scorpio. Mm. If the moon was in Pisces, they might be wearing little softer colors and be a little kinder to each other, a little hypersensitive. But how they spoke to each other on the subway, how they dressed, how they interacted, really changed according to the moon sign. And With that, we imprint the moment of our birth, the moment that we first start breathing on our own or moving as uh, being an independent being, as we imprint that moment and we live through it with, again, a lot of choice about how, but we live through it for the rest of our lives. And that moon sign changes how we, our habits, Mm -hmm. how we cook. How we deal with our animals, just the the way we are at home in the world.
3: You know, people are probably and so it's saying it's a good
1: thing to help with each other. People mm-hmm.
3: are probably saying, "The moon sign." You know, how can the moon affect us? Well, have you ever heard of mm-hmm. lunatics? You you ask any policeman <laughs> or anyone who works in the emergency <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, field. Come a full mm-hmm. moon, wow, things go wacky. The they tides, sure do. the tides on this planet are governed by the moon. Mm-hmm. So it only makes mm-hmm. sense that since we are such a great water per, uh, you know, we're we're made of so much water, that we would be affected by the moon. Mm-hmm. Now, when mm-hmm. you say the moon sign, are there difference? What what do you consider to be a moon sign? So uh,
1: the moon sign, the moon, you know, the 12 signs of the zodiac. Yes. Are, they're a band out there in the sky. And in the west we don't follow uh, once upon a time the constellations and the and the signs were exactly the same but the constellations because our planet our our solar system is moving through the galaxy mm-hmm. they they've moved a little bit in the last 3000 okay and that has allowed us to uh, so the in the Vedic astrology, they follow, or in India, they follow the constellation itself. Here in the West, the first month after the spring equinox is always Aries, for where the sun is going through, and that same part of the sky, the moon will go through for two days once a month. So, whatever planet is in front of that sign, and I think of the signs like like gels on the lighting when you, on the stage. You know, is, it, is, it, is the light being passed through blue or red or gray? Is the light being passed through Aries or Taurus or Gemini? And it colors the nature of the light coming through. But the light's coming from the planet.
3: Okay. So I understand that most of the astrology that are in modern-day newspapers are, are the sun,
1: mm-hmm.
3: are sun sign astrology?
1: Correct, and that's based on where the sun was when you were born mm-hmm. and where the sun is now. Now, most of the astrology in the newspaper that's done by sign is pretty general, yeah. they, but they do have a system by which you look at the major aspects of the day or the week or the month and notice what, part, uh, what house it would be going through if you, were dealing, if you put that sign on the first house cusp. But you can get a lot more information about the nature of the day. Mm -hmm. And I think of looking at astrology, because the article I write is by day, not by sign. So I'm not going to tell an Aries or a Taurus something different each day. But I'm going to tell them what the day is going to feel like and how they can negotiate it. Like, if you are on, um, if you're walking through uh, the weather report, and the weather can say it's raining, it's going to rain tomorrow. Well, the The farmer might be happy, but the lover planning a picnic is not. Gotcha. Uh, That same aspect is going to affect different people in different ways, depending upon what's going on in their chart. But it's helpful to know Mm -hmm. that it's raining, or it's helpful to know that Mars is going to square Neptune tomorrow.
3: So I I guess the the newspaper articles that we're all used to Mm -hmm. reading are are just generalities. And there's, you know, because if you take the entire population of the Earth and divide it by 12, wow. You know,
1: mm-hmm. it's not very specific, and you know astrologers mm-hmm. know that's the bread and butter that most people get paid for, but that's it. It uh, doesn't well represent the field of astrology. If you want to know about astrology, get your chart done or look at the astrology of the day. It's not that those are wrong, and sometimes those can be the perfect meditation to help you open up a possibility. But they're inexact, and they are—you uh, know—they have to be generalized to fit one twelfth of the population.
3: Sure. All right. Um, just before we go to break, where can people get copies of your books?
1: You can go to Amazon.com, or most, or, or you can go to my website and order it from there, mm-hmm. right through to Amazon. And I have the Moon Wisdom is about how to work with astrology. By the day, because how to work with the astrological calendar, right. very basic and entrance level, and how to work with the astrology of a chart, how to get to be comfortable with somebody or your own child or your boss wow. through, through astrology.
3: You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand uh, by. Thanks so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with us tonight. We sincerely appreciate it.
1: All oh, right. my great pleasure.
3: All right, XO Nation, Heather Rowan Robbins. Is my guest. Her website is rowanrobbins.com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break talking more about astrology here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. For more information on the Exome Broadcast Network and the shows we have, our hosts, and much more, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. The topic of the hour is astrology. And my guest is Heather Rowan-Robbins. Her website is rowanrobbins.com. And uh, she is the author, a recent author, of Moon Wisdom and Everyday Palmistry. And we're going to be talking to Heather about her uh, bedtime book later on in this interview. Heather, welcome back, and thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Good to be here. All right,
3: Heather, off uh, off here, I gave you my my information for your astrological charting so Mm -hmm. tell me walk me through what you're doing and how you're doing it
1: now i i looked at where the planets were and you were born close to noon Mm -hmm. and you uh your sun in taurus gives you that stability and ability to follow through it's a fixed sign it's a sign in the middle of a season but your moon is in gemini so when you read how Stubborn and solid and, you know, occasionally accused of being boring. Tauruses are, but they're not. They're rich and fertile. Uh, but you, you have an ability to communicate that is above and beyond most Tauruses. And your moon is in the Gemini, the sign of communication ruled by Mercury, able to multitask, to talk to many different people. That gives you the ability to translate, communicate, talk to anybody at any socioeconomic level. You have your Mercury in Aries and Venus in Aries, which gives you charisma and intensity, and allows you to you know, be fully present where you are. You also get bored easily mm-hmm. with that combination, and so you kind of need life with a little bit of an edge to it, and like being on radio will makes you brings you fully present. When you were born, Leo was rising, and that's ability to want to be seen and to be a good teacher and to be able to be, hold people's attention. Pluto had just risen when you were born, and I might ask you if this was a private reading about the story of your birth, because it might have been a little eventful. But Pluto on the Ascendant says, you've been dealing with intense issues since you were born, and you're good at dealing with them and making and being present in you know, real issues and real troubles mm-hmm. and handling them well since you were born. It also says that, you know, you don't do well with small talk, and if you get <laughs> bored, you your, your attention wanders, but you can be fully present to real topics and a real conversation.
3: Craig, on a score of 10, what would you give Heather for what you just said? No, I said 10, not 20, Craig. <laughs> he, say, he says, "You've got you. You did a twenty on a ten score. You nailed wow. it. You nailed it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow, I'm impressed."
1: And you like unusual friends and unusual people, and you like people to have that are mm, um, either eccentric or original. Well, doesn't every, work.
3: Doesn't everybody? No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> my friends do, but that's because. I am eccentric, and that sort of fits them. But it, is an, it looks like you have a, a very interesting community around you. Oh, I certainly do. Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and the Sun are all in the ninth house. And the ninth house is the house of broadcasting, <laughs> publishing, education, uh, international travel, of getting the word out one way or the other.
3: So, so tell me, how did I know what to do, how I did it, even before I knew that this was my planetary um, mm-hmm. destination in life
1: well, we're offering you a map, but you know you can see your if you know yourself
5: mm-hmm.
1: you know if you know a landscape, you don't necessarily need the map. The map sure. is helpful when you want to make changes or renovate, yes, but you could also just get on the ground and follow the path so. Not everybody needs astrology, and I am wary of people who use astrology to distance themselves from just being fully present and alive. I see. And I want them to use it as a map to help them be fully present and alive.
3: So how did I know what the stars had already planned for me without knowing this?
1: But you came to know yourself. You Ah. heard what you longed for. You noticed what you were good at.
3: Gotcha. Okay. So a lot depends on the person. And Mm -hmm. can I say that astrology will be like the roadmap. Astrology can point Mm -hmm. you to turning left on Elm Street, but if you're bound and determined to turn right.
1: Right. Correct.
3: You know, do you find that there are people who seek your your, uh, advice, who get dependent on on you and what you tell them?
1: Mm, they might try. Yeah. Um, I won't let clients do that. I mean, I, would, I do do ongoing counseling for mm-hmm. some people. I'm also an interfaith minister, and I can oh, use that you. in part of my spiritual counseling. But I'm always going to hand the ball back to them and remind them that... Astrology is a map. What they do with Mm -hmm. it is up to them. And we can use it as a way of helping them hear themselves and hear this moment in history and how they best utilize it. But learning to hear their own inner voice is the goal.
3: I'd like to ask you about a specific date that had the world that you and I Mm -hmm. deal with Kind of unbalanced, and that's December the twenty first, twenty twelve. Astrologically, what did what did you make of that date?
1: Again, that's pro- for an astrologer. That wasn't so um, key, okay. and there are many stories about it becoming a.
3: Um, The end of the end of the world. uh, The end end of
1: the the world and all that. I think you know when I see that when I see people saying it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. One, I don't think they've studied history very much. They haven't (laughs) looked at the aspects, and they're trying to get out of their homework. Um, (laughs) What there was during that time, Mm -hmm. from 2010 to 2015, Uranus and Pluto formed a right angle to each other seven times. Now, Uranus and Pluto, um, Uranus takes 84 years to go around the zodiac. Pluto takes several hundred years to go around the zodiac, so they don't run into each other very often. And from 1965 to 1968, they conjunct. And, and when two planets conjunct, it begins a new cycle, like the new moon, when the sun and the moon conjunct. and begins a new cycle every month. So when the, those two planets conjunct, we see the two planets we associate with change and revolution together. We saw the whole world go through a reorganization of society, yep. you know, rules, laws, ways of thinking, ways of being. And it continued, you know, we, we lived with that for many months, many years afterwards, all through the 70s. Now, um, between 2000... 10 and 2015, particularly between 2012 and 2015, those same two planets formed a right angle. They squared each other. The first major aspect since the mid 60s. And we had a lot of change in a short period of time. And so this with that, that time period, I didn't see it as a day where anything was going to end because I didn't see that in the stars. But I saw it as the heart of the turning point when we are really getting ready to make some major changes in the world. Now, there's always a reaction when we've stretched almost too far, we can snap back. And I think we're in that snap back now. Uh, Are we going to throw away all the changes that we made from 2010 to 2015 politically, socially, culturally, personally? Or are we going to find a way to support them and continue them farther?
3: i I remember when the the movement started about the the astrological impact, as I call it, during the hippie mm-hmm. age and and mm-hmm. you know it was wonderful, like it mm-hmm. was just like society received an injection of joy juice. Everybody mm-hmm. was talking about flowers, making love, not war, uh, you know, um, the good vibrations.
1: Mm.
3: They were the... You know, I loved those days. I truly yeah. loved those days. And then you had the great <laughs> artists, the great poets, With the you. great mu- musicians, mm-hmm. and everybody was singing about mm-hmm. love. Where have all the flowers gone? And, you know, get out of Vietnam, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then you look... Here we are in the year 2017, and we're seeing all the trouble and strife in the Middle East. We've got North mm-hmm. Korea with you know you know toying with the nuclear button. You've got a president mm-hmm. in the United mm-hmm. States who I don't know how to describe it. Uh, do you see based, yeah. Do you see any <laughs> uh-huh. any semblance of sanity returning to the way that we look at the world and we look at each other in the future?
1: Uh, It's a good question. Uh, Yes, I do. And I have watched these large cycles. You know, some of my research was Mm -hmm. to look at some of the major astrological cycles back several thousand years to see what happened when some of these major cycles occurred. And I do see, you know, that we go through these pendulum Mm -hmm. swings and come to find new answers. Pluto is coming back to where it was right before the American Revolution. It's about where it was the year before the Boston Tea Party. Wow. And the desire to have to question how we're using power. Pluto's in Capricorn, the sign that talks about power and struggle, structure and authority. And so our whole approach to power, structure, and authority was being challenged, being brought to the edge of, you know, death and rebirth right during the American Revolution, and it's happening again.
3: It's funny, because I was reading an article earlier today that said President Trump's wackiest tweets are during a full moon.
1: Yes. He was born during a full moon.
3: Have you done the chart on the president?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, We're watching it pretty carefully, I tell you. Um, And uh, you know, I had, um, it, I as an astrologer did not call the election because mm-hmm. I knew I had such strong feelings that I wasn't seeing clearly. Right. But I did see that his chart showed signs of moving and busyness, and hers showed signs of rest and safety. And rest and safety is not what you get as president of the country.
3: No, that is so true. So
1: I saw that and was worried but would not call it because I refused to support that. But here we are dealing with it, and in many ways it's helping America expose some of the work that we really need to get to.
3: You and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Are our guest this hour. It's Heather Rowan-Robbins. And I have to tell you something, Heather. I admire you and I give you a lot of credibility because you said one thing that I look for in a guest. When they look back and do research to see what has mm-hmm. happened in the past, to me mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. means they're very serious and my hat is off to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's
3: Heather. It's fascinating. Ro- it is. <laughs> Heather Rowan-Martins is our special guest. Heather Rowan-Robbins. I don't know who mm-hmm. Heather rowan Mercury's Martin. retrograde. Yeah, okay, I'll take that as a good excuse. Her website is Mart- uh, robbins.com I nearly did it again. Oh, I know what it is, and Martin's laughing.
1: That's uh, what it is.
3: right, we were talking about the 60s. Right, right, okay, com. <laughs> and we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we, you know, return back here to the X-Zone. A place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. So you take care of your bippy and something very interesting may happen. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies, from new releases to old classics. TV shows, almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xml.com. Four zero one zero zero eight zero to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember two one three four zero one zero zero eight zero for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci fi radio programming anywhere 24 7 365.
6: True healing must address four levels
3: Welcome back, everyone. Heather Rowan Robbins is our guest of this hour. Rowan and Martin's laughing. I used to love that show. Artie Johnson. <laughs> Inter- remember, he'd pop mm-hmm. up out of a fern and say, interesting, very interesting, dressed in a German yeah. uniform. And, mm-hmm. and uh, let me see. Flip Wilson with his famous Here Come to Judge.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Goldie Hawn as the blonde Ditz. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see what else was there. Oh. What was her name? The. Um, Lily, Lily the old Tomlin. Lady that hit you in
1: the head. Oh, that was You're Ruth Buzzy.
3: That was Ruth Buzzy. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the operator, uh, Lily and Lily Tomlin. Some great mm-hmm. people came out of that. Going down memory lane with my guest this hour, Heather Rowan Robbins. Her website is rowanrobbins.com. Now, you've got a couple of other books. You have Everyday Palmistry, and yes. then you have a children's book. Let's talk about Everyday Palmistry first.
1: Now, I've been studying palmistry almost as long as I have astrology, and I kept palm prints of people for many decades, lost them in a flood, but I watched people's hands change depending upon the decisions they made in their life. And palmistry, you know, astrology talks about your place in the universe Mm -hmm. and how you record the big patterns, and palmistry is how you felt about it and what you're doing with it. And... And if you can use it. I don't think that you can really define someone's future by it because the lines do change. But you can talk about how to bring yourself into more balance, how you're responding to your life, how you have reacted to the transits of your life, and the basics of palmistry, uh, which are to be able to read people's personalities—not so much define their future, but to read their personalities is easy, and it's available when you boil it down to the basic symbols of it. And that's not simplifying it. It's just bringing it down to the the core patterns that anybody can use who talks to the public. Anybody, you can, you can always shake their hand. Mm-hmm. You see their hands as they talk. Uh, and most of the illustrations that I use in it are taken from... Famous people who are waving at the camera. <laughs> so we happen to have their palm as they're waving. Mm-hmm. And That's true, yeah. It, it shows or holding up their hand or stopping something. And with that, uh, so to, that shows us both an example that, you know, you can read people's hands very easily because they show them to you, mm-hmm. and that uh, we can use examples of people that you know the history of. So we have Obama's chart, Putin, um, Nelson Mandela, uh, I believe we have Amy Winehouse. We have a lot of uh, famous examples that would, people would see in everyday palmistry. That's it's fascinating. a book on palmistry for the public.
3: Palmistry for the public, I love it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your children's book, because I'm a, I'm a dad of, of six wonderful kids and ten beautiful Aww. grandchildren, so...
1: Wonderful. And it was written for a granddaughter, Tallulah Bear's bedtime book, because she had trouble sleeping. But I, you know, I've done work with trance work and hypnotherapy over Mm -hmm. the years, and I wanted a book that, when you read to your child, it brought them into a state of relaxation. So this is the story of a little polar bear that can't sleep, and her mother, you know, takes Mm -hmm. them on a journey, and they talk about breathing like the sleeping dog and it brings them into counting the stars and you know breathing with the trees and it brings them into a state of relaxation so that it's easier for them to fall asleep and it worked on my granddaughter so i brought it to my publisher and said what about this and they they gave me a wonderful illustrator who also did the work on moon wisdom which is an illustrated book and she did a really transcendental view of those you if you go to Amazon.com and go to you know my name heather rowan robbins you can see the um, some of the illustrations from it there's even a little video about it and see if those would be an illustrations that might appeal to you several people have said well i don't know about my kid but i was relaxed <laughs> after i read that can you make one for adults um, but, so I, I hope it's helpful to people
3: isn't that wonderful well congratulations on that we're certainly going to have to check thank them you. out and we'll post the links up on our website because I know that being a dad there are times mm-hmm. when the kids just can't get to sleep for one reason or another and this would right. be a wonderful tool so thank you for doing that thank um, you as an, as an astrologer Mm -hmm. Has there ever been a time when you've done a chart for someone and said, oh, my God?
1: Yes, Um, but I'm usually lucky that they come to me at the end of a difficult set of transits. But if I see a series of tough transits coming Mm -hmm. up ahead, I try to work with them to frame it in the best way possible so they can use it well.
3: Excellent. I love it.
1: And I remember one client that I had seen that she was going to go through a very difficult time ahead, and I said, well, you may have a near-death experience, but it may just be that you see a truck comes too close to you. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to be, you know, hurt, but you may notice that in the face of life and death, you're asking some tough questions. And I said, I want you to use this time to clear up some problems between you and your family um, and to really remember what's important to you and, and work to be fully alive. And I didn't hear from her for a couple of years, and then I got a call back and said, you know, I thought of what you said halfway down the 200-foot cliff that I fell off of and oh, broke my back. Oh, my God. And she said, and I had to go home and talk to my family mm-hmm. because I needed their care, and we hadn't spoken in ten years, but during that time, I learned to trust them again. They came through for me. we worked out our problems, and we're in a much better place
3: and Don't forget exonation it's not the fall that kills it's the sudden stop <laughs> uh, so true mm-hmm. i'm I'm tossed at which way I want to go with this uh I, let, let's, go with the, let's go, if you would, wouldn't mind, being as politically correct as you are, <laughs> the astrological chart, if possible, of President Donald Trump.
1: Now, again, I have his chart in front of me here, and I will gladly talk about it. But I want to remind everybody that it's always what you choose to do with the chart. Mm-hmm. You can look at the same chart with heart, we, say, we have a saying that you can't tell the difference between a murderer and a surgeon's chart. They have the same ability to cut the body, but they've chosen to use it differently. I like that. So I look at this chart, born on the full moon, and many of us are, mm-hmm. but the full moon with the sun in Gemini, which is multitask, sees a million things, uh, the, moon in, the moon in Sagittarius, um, traveling, viewing, restless, uh, but neither one of those is very good with follow through. Leo rising wants to be seen. Born with Mars on the ascendant in Leo, what nothing makes him more angry than being ignored. And Mars, wherever Mars is, talks about our excitement, our entrepreneurialship, but also our temper—what really can make us mad. And Mars in Leo is, you know, if he is ignored, he would get mad, or if he feels disrespected. Pluto in the 12th house, he probably felt disempowered as a kid with his father and has wants to uh, exert his power wherever he is. And if you've seen him shaking hands, I remember watching him try to shake hands with um, your prime minister who did such a wonderful job managing him. He always, when he shakes his hand, he tugs on the person and pulls them. And what a strange habit, but that's kind of like establishing a dominance. He was born with Jupiter and Neptune in the second house of material resources, and that can mean a rather magical approach to money. And it's not that he came in with a fair amount of it. Jupiter is the largest planet. Wherever it, where we, ever, we have Jupiter, uh, we ha- often have a sense of abundance or too much of something. Uh, and Jupiter-Neptune conjunct is you know um, not particularly practical. There's nothing in his chart that has common sense. There's nothing practical. There's not one Earth sign in his chart. He has Mercury, uh, Venus, and Saturn in Cancer, which can be, on a good day, could make him more sensitive and more guarded, but can also make him not um, defensive and not willing to, you know, not, they he doesn't let much into his his own emotions. He tends to keep people uh at a distance on the other side of his shell Um, and there's some deep insecurities with that venus saturn conjunction that look like in the very first few years of his life some pattern that got set up that he's always trying to prove himself to himself and others now again people can try to prove themselves and do it by becoming the best person they can or they can prove it by trying to establish dominance there's, or, or, you know, in some other way. So, again, that's up to him how he uses it, but I'm not so fond of how he's using it.
3: You know what? Uh, his... we've, got mm-hmm. a, we've got about uh, a minute left. So, okay. So uh, I, I just want to thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight. Let oh, our listeners okay. know how they can find out more about you and where they can contact you if they'd like to have a chart done by you.
1: Well, they can go to Rowan Robbins, R O A N R O B B I N S dot and I have an online scheduler there. You can just book appointment right there. Um, you can read the section called readings that'll tell you about you know how to reach me, what to what to feel, what to think about before reading, mm-hmm. and how to use the information.
3: Heather, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great delight. Thank you for the reading you did for me. I love oh, the great book that you've written for children. Do me a favor, please come back and see us again. Would love to. Take care of yourself and you once again thank you for you your too. time. Exonation our guest this hour has been Heather Rowan Robbins and her once again her website is www.roanrobbins.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.